Have you been searching for a word from the Lord? You want to feel his presence. You want to feel his love. Well, look no further, cause no matter who you are, you're all welcome here at Rising anniversary of Rising Star. Now, I'm going to ask you all to do me a favor. Everybody that can stand, I'm going to ask you to stand and give yourselves a standing ovation. 45 years. Amen. 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 45 years. Thank you for standing. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, Pastor Lewis, let me tell you why I really did that. Because my wife isn't with me today, and she's going to ask me, how did it go at Rising Star? And I'm going to tell her, I had everybody standing and clapping. Amen. So I'm grateful to you. Amen. Pastor Lewis, 44 years ago, this would not have been possible. And I saw there were a few people that stood that have been here for the whole 45 years, but Rising Star was once Grace Temple. Amen. But look what God did. Amen. Pastor Lewis and I were still in high school. I was a senior. And I believe he would have been either a junior or a sophomore, amen, in high school when it looked like a fight broke out and people were getting angry at each other. But look what God did. God took what would have been and could have been a fight and turned it into one of the biggest blessings the state of Arizona has ever seen. Thank you, Rising Star. And Pastor Lewis, thank you. Pastor Lewis, we are friends. Amen. He's the one that I call when I feel like I don't mind wearing orange. Amen. And I call Pastor Lewis, and he calms me down, tells me it's going to be all right. And I'm still here. Amen. What a, what, a, what a great man. 
And I want to say this, and I, I would say this behind his back or to his face, Rising Star, you've got one of the best pastors in this country. One of the best pastors in this country. Amen. One of the best pastors in this country. You know, I think you ought to say nice things about people when they can hear you. And I know Rising Star is always showing Pastor Lewis and Sister Lewis such great love, but I think every now and then somebody outside of the church needs to let those inside of the church know that there's somebody in your midst that's extraordinary, and that's your pastor. Amen. And Pastor Lewis, when I was moderator the first time, my women's president was Sister Lewis. Amen. And, and what a great work she did with the women. And we thank you for that. She wouldn't do it my second go-round. But she was my president during the first go-round. And you know, uh, Pastor Lewis, I'm not going to keep the folks too long. You know, a preacher asked his pastor, he said, how do you gauge the length of your sermon? He said, I put a lozenger in my mouth, and when it's gone, I'm done. Young preacher thought that was good, so he tried it himself, but he made a mistake and got a button. They had to tell him it was time to stop. Amen. But I want to let y'all know today, I do not have a button in my mouth. Amen. And Pastor Lewis, it's kind of funny how both of us in high school, from town so small that we didn't even have high schools in the town, had to drive out of town to get to the high school. But God knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Now, let me say this also. I've preached at Rising Star before, and I thank God for you guys. You are, we've always had that special relationship, but, but one thing has not changed, and that is if you say amen, it won't scare me. Amen. Today, I want to invite your attention to the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Your theme is coming from there. But this is what the, starting at verse 10. Or verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Is that enough? Amen. Is that enough right there? For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Thank you for standing. Today, just for a few moments, I want to borrow your attention for this thought. God had a plan. God had a plan. Pastor Lewis and I shared similar but different experiences we just completed a major renovation of our sanctuary. 
and a few years ago, Rising Star completed this project that we are worshiping in today. How many of you here remember 34th Street? Amen. This is a result of a plan. What a lot of people don't know is that with this plan, starts out with an idea. And then it becomes a rough draft. Then you contact and secure an architect. And then you have to secure a builder. And then drawings need to be submitted for approval. Building permits before you can even start construction. And what you're sitting in right now started as an idea. What you're sitting in right now started with a plan. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what you see required planning. What you are sitting on right now was in the mind of a designer prior to you sitting where you are right now. And that's good news. And y'all wonder, I didn't come to talk about the building or the renovation. I come to tell you that God has a plan. I came to tell you, brothers and sisters, that he is the architect. He is the designer. He is the builder. And you are the building. You are what God is working on. And he is coming back for a completed project. There's a couple of things I want to share with you before I let you go. But the first one is this. We don't always see what God is doing. How many of you know, brothers and sisters, that sometimes it looks like things are out of control? Sometimes it looks like things are not going to work. I have some witnesses in here right now that will say, I sometimes wondered if God is aware of where I am and what I'm going through. I think I have a couple of people over here, Pastor Lewis, that would say, it looked like things were out of control. It looked like I didn't know uh, what I was doing. It looked like God had forgotten all about me. Can, Joseph, can you help me? It looked bad when they threw him in the pit. It looked bad when they sent him to prison. It looked bad, brothers and sisters, but God said, I've got this thing under control. See, if you never go to the prison, you'll, if you never go to the pit, you won't make it to the prison. And if you don't get to the prison, you'll never make it to the palace. And see, the palace is the final destination. But before you get all the way there, you've got to go through some things. And I need to let somebody know right here, right now, in order for you to get to the level that God is taking you, you're going to have to go through some things. Amen. But don't forget, God is still in charge. Amen. See, see, Pastor Lewis, he sent him, he sent Joseph to the pit. Amen. And he sent the right people along to take him. Amen. How many of you know that before Joseph got to the pit, God had a plan? And then he sold him to the right person because God had a plan. See, God said, I'm going to deliver Israel, but in order for me to deliver Israel, I've got to have a deliverer. And in order to get a deliverer, he has to go to a pit. Sometimes God has got to let you go to something. So he can make something out of you. Amen. Sometimes it looks like things are out of control. At other times, it looks like God doesn't do anything. 
Has anybody been in a situation where you said, Lord, I don't know where you are, but you better show up quick because if you don't, I'm not going to make it? Is there anybody in here that would say, Reverend, I got a testimony that because of God stepped in right on time when he did, I'm sitting here right now because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I'd be doing. I don't know what I'd be going through, but because the Lord heard my cry. Is there anybody in here that says, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan. Listen to what I'm trying to say to you. Sometimes it looks like God ain't doing nothing, but God is always at work. 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 Amen. And I need to share this with you. See, when God is silent, God is preparing. See, Israel wasn't a nation when they went into Egypt. But God was preparing them because they were a nation when they left. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 435 years, God was silent. Can I teach for just a second? Can I tell y'all what was happening in those 435 years at Israel when God was silent and Israel was praying, God, where are you? God was waiting for the Romans to get in charge. See, because if the Romans were not in charge, there would not have been a crucifixion. Can I get somebody to help me here? See, the Medo-Persians didn't crucify. The, 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 the Greeks didn't crucify. And, and the Babylonians didn't crucify. But the Romans, that was their method of death. And how many of you know that Jesus had to die on a cross? He couldn't have been stoned to death. He could not have been driven out. He had to die on a cross. So God was saying, I've got to get a nation in place so that when the Son of Man comes to deliver people from their sin, it can happen according to Scripture. Amen. Because the Bible says, cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. Brothers and sisters, it was getting in the fullness of time when things were working just right. And then sometimes, not only does it look like God isn't doing anything, and sometimes, not only does it look like things are out of control, sometimes it looks impossible. And how many of you know that God operates in the impossible? Is there anybody that knows that God operates in the impossible? Amen. And Pastor Lewis, I found in the limited time I've been on the earth, we ask God for things that we could do ourselves. Amen, amen, amen. You know, Lord, help me to lose weight back up from the table. You don't need no prayer. The power to do that is in your hand. Amen, amen. You got the power to do that in your hand. But every now and then, you'll run into something that will be bigger than you can answer bigger than you can handle and it's going to take a God to do it if somebody is sitting here right now you were praying for somebody that looked like they never would come around and here they are sitting in a church on a Sunday morning because our God is a prayer answering God somebody in here right now will say reverend the doctor told me I couldn't do it but look at what my God did God is a prayer answering God When it looks impossible, that's when you put it in the hands of God. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it looks like you lost, but it's really a victory. 
I thought I'd get a whole lot of amens. I know you got masks on, but amen. I, I'm looking at you. I can tell by your eyes y'all didn't say amen. So let me give you another chance to say it. Sometimes it looks like a loss, but it's really a victory. Amen, 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 amen. Let me see if I, amen, amen, amen. See, sometimes God has got to get you fired off of the job you are on to put you where he wants you to be. Sometimes God has got to get you out of the car that you did not have so that you can get the car that he has for you. Sometimes God has got to take somebody out of your life so that he can bring the right person into your life. Sometimes God has got to move obstacles out of your way. Y'all got a minute? Y'all ain't got nowhere to go, do you? Can I share something with you, brothers and sisters? Every termination is not something to weep over. Every termination is not something to cry about. I got fired from the company that got me. I got fired. No, I didn't. I was terminated. Amen. That's, that's, Pastor Lewis, that's the nice way of saying, we're going to have to let you go. Amen. Y'all, can I share that with y'all? Friday, man, call me in, this was back in Maryland, call me into the office at 3.30. If he call you into the office at 3.30, nothing good is going to happen. When I walked in, amen, to my manager's office, he said, would you close the door? Now I know. <laughs> amen. And if I didn't know, the boxes that were sitting on the floor should have been an indication. He said, matter of factly, as if I didn't have a wife, two kids, a car note, a mortgage, and a stay-at-home mom, he didn't care about none of that. He said, Grady, we're going to have to terminate your employment. Amen. Pastor Lewis, I was still saved then. Amen. Because I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. You got the door shut. You got to get past me to get out. Now you want to say that again? We're going to have to terminate your employment. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to personnel. They already know. Fill out the paperwork so you can get unemployment. All right. Fine. Walked out, shut the door, go back to my desk. The phone rings. I almost didn't answer. I don't work for y'all no more. But something on the inside of me said, pick up the phone. I picked up the phone. It was a professional recruiter that was looking for people at the job that I got that brought me out here. Look at what God can do as long as you put your trust in him. Pastor Lewis, I went home and told my wife I lost my job, got another job. I'm going to take two weeks off because I had it coming to me, and then I'm going to start my new job, and that job brought me out here. And because it brought me out here, I'm pastoring Grace Temple because I didn't even know there was a Tucson in Arizona, but God had a plan. God had a plan. God had a plan. Pastor Lewis, I've made people happy. Now let me make some people mad. 
Second thing I want to share with you is God doesn't need your help for the plan to work. God don't need your help for the plan to work. What are you saying, brother pastor? Well, let me see if I can help you. Abraham thought he had to help God. Well, Abraham didn't. Sarah did. Abraham didn't stop Sarah and say, that's a crazy idea. Abraham didn't say God told me it was going to be me. Abraham said, well, maybe. That's the Grady translation. Maybe that's what God is going to do. And now today we have the Arabs fighting the Jews because Abraham tried to help God out. Sometimes you just got to get out of the way and let God do what God is going Never forget, amen, Pastor Lewis, I came home and I smelled the smell of pine saw. And I love the smell of pine saw, but it was mighty strong. And the children, they were about five years old at the time. They said, Dad, we wanted to help you out. So we did the downstairs floor. They didn't know you had to add water. There was just pure pine saw on the floor. Amen. And I said, thank y'all. But the next time, I don't need no help. And I believe God is saying to somebody in here right now, you prayed about it. You asked me for it. I told you I was going to do it. Leave it alone. Leave it in my hand. God knows what he's doing. I don't need your help. God knows what he's doing. Uzziah, the, 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 the ark coming back into Israel, and the oxen stumbled, and the ark of the covenant began to tilt, and he reached out and touched it and died. How many of you know sometimes you can get in the way? Here's where they get mad. And God's got to get you out of the way. Can I share something with you? If the pastor says, that's okay, we got this, he got it. Pastor, you don't know what you're doing. Let me help you. Sometimes God will get you out of the way so that God can get his pro project done. We mess things up when we get ahead of God. What we do, brothers and sisters, is we put ourselves in it and when we put ourselves in it, we mess things up, and then God has got to come behind us and fix up what we messed up because it wasn't what God planned. It wasn't part of his desire. How do you know, Brother Pastor? Well, like we were talking about it, Pastor Lewis, I'm sure you ran into it when you were making plans for this building right here. Sometimes you've got a plan, but the architect says you can't do that. Amen. Or the city says, you can't do that. I said, well, why can't we do that? They said, because that's against code. Well, who wrote the code? The city council wrote the code. Amen. Well, who do we have to talk to? Ain't no need to talking to nobody because they ain't going to let you do it. So you may as well do it the right way. And I'm so glad I listened to them because what they planned was better than what I thought about. Sometimes we mess things up when we get ahead of God. And please, whatever you do, don't go out ahead of God and then ask God to bless you. Can I say it again? Don't run so fast that you're looking back at God saying, where are you? God is saying to you, I didn't tell you to go here. I didn't tell you to start that. I didn't tell you to do this. Amen. So come back where I am, and I will put you where you need to be. Amen. Don't get ahead of God. 
His plan, brothers and sisters, doesn't need you to work. I got four things I want to share with you. This is the third one. So if you're waiting to say amen, it's a good time to get started right now. The third thing I want to share with you is his plan includes failures. Okay, wait. Let me say it. I don't think they heard me. I don't think y'all heard me. I said his plan includes failures. Just because it didn't work don't mean it won't work. Just because it didn't happen won't mean it won't happen. Just because it didn't happen when the way you said it would doesn't mean that God isn't a plan. It doesn't mean that God ain't working. It doesn't mean that God ain't going to do it. It just means it didn't work that way. The three things a church should never say. It won't work because we tried it before. Second, it ain't going to work because we know our people. And the third one, we can't afford it. I told our church that. I think I got some smiles when I said it. But quit saying what you can and cannot afford. Why, brother pastor, why are you saying we can't afford is not an acceptable term? Because if God wants it done, God will provide it. God will provide it. Oh, y'all look like, y'all look like, y'all look like. So there's, there's a couple of people I'm seeing right through your mask. I can see through your mask. Amen. You're looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you about the renovation project that we were starting at Grace Temple. We were trying to find a loan, Pastor Lewis, so we could get the work done. Amen. Then COVID hit. We didn't have to rent space while we were out. And the people kept giving. And money came in. And in May, we walked into the of this building completely redone with the receipt. Didn't know anybody because God had a plan. Can I tell y'all why I'm really excited? Because when we were applying for the loan, the man said, well, I'm not really sure. We're going to have to look at this. Look all you want to now. We got a receipt. It's already covered, already planned for. Amen. His plan includes failures. What do you mean, brother pastor? Failures are learning experiences. Amen, amen, amen. If you don't learn from a failure, God will let you repeat it. And I need to share something with you. God doesn't grade on a curve either. Amen. If everybody failed, everybody failed. Amen. We had a real nice teacher. Amen. I forget what subject it was, but she said, everybody failed, so I'm going to take the highest failure and give that an A. I wanted to hug her because I didn't have the highest failure, but my F turned into a B. Amen. I didn't learn enough to pass the test, but she graded on a curve. So she said, we're going to take the highest failure and make that an A. Hallelujah. How many of you know life don't work like that? How many of you know that if you fail, you fail? But failure is only a failure if it's the last page in your book. Turn the chainer, turn the page over, and start over, and God will make a way. Use it as a learning experience. Amen. The second thing about failure is they keep you focused on him. See, when you fail, you have to look at what causes the failure. 
And sometimes what caused the failure is that you didn't follow the plan that God laid out. And so what God has to do is God has to let you fail so that he can put you in a position where you say, Lord, I've given everything I know how to do, and now is the rest is up to you. Whatever you decide, now that's what I'm going to do. Failures are learning experience. Failures keep you focused on him. And then finally, failures sometimes are redirections. Thank God for Siri. Amen, because when Pastor Lewis and I started out, we used to have maps in our car. And when you had to go see a member, you had to pull out the map and figure out how to get there. But now there's something called Siri right there in my phone. How many of y'all knew you could change the voice? I didn't want no woman telling me, I'm sorry. <laughs> my Siri is a male. Amen. Pastor Lewis, I love Siri because it tells you where you're going. And it tells you you have arrived at your destination. I'll never forget. This was not Siri. It was OnStar, but we were in Atlanta, Georgia, preaching for Pastor Blunt. And you know how we men are. I knew how to get back to the hotel. But when the three-lane road turned into a two-lane highway, I realized I was lost. I'm in Georgia, backwoods. My wife turned on the light in the car to see. I said, if you don't shut that light off, do you know where we are? Amen, amen. I'm like, turn up the light. Nobody see us up in here. And I said, this car has OnStar, so I pushed it. And it said, Mr. Scott, how may we help you? You know my name? How may we help you? I said, I'm trying to get back to the hotel, told them what road it was on. They said, we see you. We see where you are. And if you go down this road just a little bit further, I'm going to tell you how backwards we were. She said, when you get to the stop sign, turn right. Take that road back to the interstate. Guess what I did? I went down to the stop sign and turned right and went back to the hotel. And y'all are wondering how come I told you? Because God is looking down from heaven and he sees you. And he sees when you go on the wrong path. And if God will see how you go on the wrong path, he will say, I see you. You're on the wrong path. Go this way, this long, and when you get here, turn here. And God will put you on the right path, and you'll be able to shout when you get there. You'll be able to shout when you get home because he has a path for you. So his plan includes failures. I got to go. His plan includes failures. And I, need, I know I need to go because I know y'all are hungry. The second thing, God doesn't need your help. And then not only does God not need your help, he always knows what he's doing. But the last thing I wanted to share with you is he has a plan for you. There's some of y'all ain't said amen all morning. I said I had three, four points. This is the fourth one. 
If some of y'all ain't said amen all morning, you're going to have to wait till next week to say amen. Let me help you out so you don't have to wait till next week to say amen. Because Pastor Lewis is going to bring you another word and you can shout then. But I want you to give you a warning that I'm almost done. God has a plan for you. The first thing you need to know is that God had a plan for a rising star. Wait, stop. Preacher, back up, hit pause, hit reverse, rewind, back up and say it again. God had a plan for a rising star. Some of y'all still looking at me funny, so let me do it again. God had already moved you from 34th Street to 36th Street before you became rising star. Some of y'all still missed it. While your pastor was in high school, God said he needs to be at Rising Star, amen, 30-some years ago. Wait, stop, stop, stop. God said, I need you to be in this seat on a Sunday morning so you can hear this preacher say, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for you. It doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it has failures. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, it looks like it ain't at work, but God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for Rising Star, and God has a plan for your life also. All right, let me see if I can get an amen out of those that have been quiet all morning. But the ultimate plan that God has for your life has nothing to do with Rising Star has nothing to do with Grace Temple, has nothing to do with Tucson, Arizona, has nothing to do with the United States of America. God's ultimate plan for you has nothing to do with where you live and what you do. God's ultimate plan for you was settled 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. God had a plan for your life. And he brought you here right now in this place, in this room where you can praise him because God had a plan for your life. How many of you know when the preacher shuts off the iPad and closes it that he, he ain't playing about being done? But I got to share this last thing with you before y'all let me go. I had an interview, Pastor Lewis, at NSA. That's the National Security Administration in Greenbelt, Maryland. I got there early. There was a man standing there with a rifle. I hate guns. He was the guard. He was a Marine guard. And they had rifles. I don't like guns. He said, may we help you? I said, I have an appointment. He said, follow me. He went up to the gate. Pastor Lewis, there was two people there with rifles, automatic weapons. I hate guns. They said, may we help you? I said, I have an appointment. And he said, what's your name? He looked on the list. He said, wait right here. He had a gun. I waited right there. He said, we'll call somebody to come get you. He made a phone call. 
He said, would you like to sit down? No, y'all have guns. Waited for him to show up. When he got there, he said, are you Grady Scott? I said, yes, sir, that's me. He said, would you follow me? They got guns. He walking away from the guns. Yes, I'm following you. I'm walking with him past people that were armed. Because I told y'all that's the National Security Administration. Walking past people that are armed to the place where I had my interview. Nobody said anything to me because of who I was walking with. I had access not because of who I was, but because of who he was. And I know y'all ain't catching it, so let me see if I can explain it to you. When this life is over, I'm going to go with Jesus. He's going to walk beside me. He's going to walk past the devil. He's going to walk past the demons. He's going to walk over into glory. He's going to walk over the Jordan River. He's going to walk right up to heaven. He's going to walk past the first heaven. He's going to guide me through the second heaven. He's going to guide me to the third heaven and enter me in the throne room of God. And now unto him who is able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever and forever and forever and forever. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Faultless before the throne. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. He has a plan. And that plan is just for you. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray this message has encouraged your heart and renewed your spirit. If this message has been a blessing to you, please share it with everyone you know. If you would like to help support the ministry, spread the gospel, and assist in funding community service projects at Rising Star, visit our website at www.risingstarbaptist.org and click the yellow donate button or zeal us at finance at risingstarbaptist.org or mail in your love offering at Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church, 2800 East 36th Street, Tucson, Arizona, 85713. We look forward to you tuning in again. Remember, Rising Star Baptist is a local church with a global reach. Thank you.